gone Lego. It's time to buckle up for my favorite episode of the year. It's our end of the year reflections. And I'm so excited to just take a little trip down memory lane with, with all of you. It is such a special time and I get it. It's also a chaotic time for nonprofits. It is Giving Tuesday and end of year fundraising and the giving season, but it is also just a special, magical, wonderful time. Um, in my family, we celebrate Christmas and my parents, specifically my dad, really had just the wonder of Christmas in his soul. So he passed that down to me. Um, we have a little joke in my house that uh, my husband will tease me. Oh, it's you know time for trick-or-treating. So let's get the Christmas tree up, which is really true. We start decorating. So no judging there, but we just start decorating around uh, the Halloween time. So live and let live, guys. Um, but I just love it, you know, not just for the decorating, but also for that time to just sit back and reflect, reprioritize. It's such a milestone every year. Um, take some trips down memory lanes and just experience joy and giving and, and all of our blessings. So this year, we try to do this every year. I have invited a great friend and an amazing thought leader in the nonprofit uh, space to join me. And we're just going to have some fun. She's fun. Um, AKA she's known as the nonprofit nerd. So I think I just gave it away. You now know who I'm talking about. It is the one and only the beautiful um, Ms. Jarrett Ransom from the Rayvan Group. Jarrett, welcome back to Raise Nation Radio. And thanks for joining me for this special episode. Dawn, thank you. What a pleasure. And, you know, it's it's so much fun. It's festive. You're right. In my home and in my family, we also celebrate Christmas. And although we don't get our tree and our decorations up quite so early, <laughs> um, but kudos to you. And again, just an honor to be here as we look back on, you know, what's happened this year, 2023, and get ready for 2024. We'll have a surprise for you, Jarrett. You ready? I know you can handle it. You're a professional. Okay. I thought a cool way to like look back would be to, you're a broadcaster. I'm a podcaster. We've been to conferences together and out and about. I thought it might be cool to like share what favorite episodes we liked of each other. I hate to put you on the spot, but are you up for the challenge? (laughs) Okay, Dawn. Um, (laughs) Let me think about it. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, my husband, he he coined like this phrase for me that I, the nonprofit nerd, Jarrett Ransom, I'm always prepared to wing it. So I'm going to wing it. And here we go. All right. Well, I'll go first, give you a little okay. chance to get yourself organized. So from the nonprofit show where you're just a beautiful co-broadcaster, um, one of the episodes that struck me, and he's a great friend. He and his wife, his beautiful wife, Stephanie, now I'm giving it away again, Um, just great people. I mean, really great people and what they do in the space is special. I'm talking about Joey Goon and his beautiful wife, Stephanie Goon from Utopia. But you had um, an interesting, interesting um, interview with them. We've all heard about donor psychology and using psychology in the room, on the stage. I haven't really heard about neuroscience factors into event experiences. That was like a little unique. So tell us about that interview. Yeah, 
I was blown away. And also I ran into Joey at the St. Louis airport just recently. I was flying, he was flying. I passed him in one of the terminals and I, I did one of those double takes, right? Um, but he came on the nonprofit show and he talked about neuroscience and the psychology of fundraising. And he totally nerded out, which is, you know, the nonprofit nerd. That's a compliment. Yeah. He really talked about how we can create a space for our attendees of events to feel safe and really moved into, you know, like the elements of our brain. Um, it was super nerdy, very heady, pun intended. Um, but he <laughs> gave us so many good tips about that, Dawn, that I know I took away some like, you know, highlights of that conversation. So the good news is, you know, all of the nonprofit show conversations are recorded. You can go back and you can listen to it. So if you want to hear more about Joey and Utopia and how they are bringing psychology into fundraising events, it blew me away, Dawn. And I'm so glad to know and to hear that that was one of your favorites. I'm going to jingle bell it. I just made jingle bell a verb. So... Yeah, that was that was a great interview. So thank you oh, for sharing that with our communities. And yeah. shout out to Joey and his beautiful wife, Stephanie, and his team there at Utopia. They really have heart and soul with what they're doing and how they're helping nonprofits deliver impact. So, And I met was- them at the RAISE conference just recently did. in Nashville for the first time. That was our first time to meet. And you're right, beautiful wife, uh, learned that their child was there, didn't get to meet their baby. but Oh, wait a uh, minute. They're, they had their child with them? I didn't know that. In Nashville, not at the conference, but yeah. yeah. Wow. They were juggling it all, you know, like many of us do. And I think they were going from raise right to cause camp with a baby. Oh my gosh. Where'd they have the baby in their, in their suitcase? Like I didn't even know. Yeah. I think she brought a family member with her to help. Oh, good for Stephanie. She was so calm too. I would have been like, "Ah!" but good, good for them. And you know, what was really nice at the Ray's conference, it was our first Ray's broadcast studio that you participated in. And Joey and Stephanie and Utopia participated in. We're going to have to do that again at Ray's 2024 for sure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I've put some thought into this uh, just momentarily. Right? <laughs> Sorry about that. I know you, you threw me for a loop, but I want to talk about someone on your team and that's Nate Cox, right? Uh, and I, I love how Nate came into the conversation. He talked about DEIB and I got to be honest, Dawn, I don't hear the B very often, right? And the B standing for belonging and how you can celebrate pride. You can celebrate your team members. Love is love, like mm, chef's kiss, like so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Pride. Love is love. Right. I mean, you had to just absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. That conversation. Oh yeah. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, So let me share a little bit about the B when our um, uh, chief talent officer, I I don't know if that's her exact title, but Angie Woods, love her to death. She came, she joined um, the One Cause team and she immediately added the B um, to the DEI, making it, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And I love that she did that um, because everybody should feel that they belong. Um, Nate is just a beautiful person inside out his professionalism everything about him is is just incredibly beautiful but here's the story um we had a t-shirt contest so last year we designed 
go back to 2022, we designed this t-shirt, this pride t-shirt and it was beautiful. It was a great design. Shout out to marketing and Caden, who I think designed it last year and everybody wanted one. We support um, a pride parade in Indiana every year, as well as other parts of the country. But everybody got that T-shirt who was volunteering, but the whole team wanted this T-shirt. So we had to order more, blah, blah, blah. This year, we turned it into a conference. I mean, a contest, an employee like engagement type contest. And Nate actually had the winning design and he dedicated it to one of our team members. Oh, my gosh going through um, a personal experience Mm -hmm. and it came through in the design and oh my God, it's like a treasured piece, piece of clothing, clothing. So I love that. I love that out to everyone involved. Yeah. It was just a beautiful order more. Oh yeah. Well, we, we, we ordered them to be, well, no, it's a good problem to have, but we really ordered them as the uniform for those that were volunteering for the pride parade. Little did we know hand raisers left and right. We need one. We need one. And of course we ordered more. So I need yeah, one. that's a beautiful episode. <laughs> episode 91. Check it out, oh, please. How do I get one of those, Dawn? Are those? Stars? Oh my God. I just opened up a can of worms. I'll get you one, Jared. If oh. there's, if there's any left, I'll definitely get you one. Um, oh my God. All right. I'm going to hit you up with another one. Here's my little jingle bells. Here we go. Yeah, going on me. to another one. All right. So you're everywhere. I swear I go into social media and I see nonprofit nerd everywhere. And you're always doing something funny and cute, big glasses, different coffee mugs. Oh my God. You're so much fun. But you were also a lot of fun at AFP Icon. And I think you were broadcasting live, maybe from the Bloomerang booth with another fan favorite who is always ready, willing, and able to jump into some kind of costume. Josh Meyer from um, Bloomerang. So how much yes. fun was that? Oh my gosh. Josh is always a lot of fun. The Bloomerang team in general is a lot of fun. Um, yes. Yeah, so we were in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans broadcasting the show, the nonprofit show live from the Bloomerang booth. Don, this is two years in a row. So the previous year, right, we were in Vegas. Ugh, don't talk to me thing. about Vegas. I was spent it in the emergency room. You're bringing um, back. Oh, PTSD. no, you know, that's OK. Go ahead. No, no jingle bells for that. No, but no, no, no. If you watch the video, you'll see in the archive, right? Josh is wearing a crew captain uniform like he's always dressed the part in Vegas. Same thing, right? Like glitz and glamour at the Bloomerang booth. Um, what I love, though, about AFP Icon and having the opportunity to broadcast live at the Bloomerang booth is, first of all, you see people IRL in real life, right? And you get to hug them, you get to have coffee with them, sit down in person. But for those conversations, they're really broken down into like three 10-minute segments. So Josh, of course, kicked it off, you know, his energy, his um, dynamic personality is just so much fun. But we talk about at that conversation really about what are you seeing at this conference? What are you seeing in our sector? What's really, you know, standing out? Um, what's caught your attention? And it's just vibrant. You talk about the energy. It is palpable, right? Like the energy is, pal- and you've been there, Don. like, you know what it's like to be in these conferences now, IRL, and to be be able to see some of your besties. It's so much fun. 
Yeah. And I love, um, Josh just has a real pulse on, you know, what's, what's happening. And I think Bloomer, the Bloomerang team's doing just a great job about segmentation and personalization. I was on a webinar yesterday, a panel webinar, one cause hosted it. And, um, we were really talking about humanizing the nonprofit brand and doing things a little bit differently, handwritten notes. And I think the Bloomerang team helps nonprofits do that. So, Kudos to both of you. I have to go back and rewatch that. It's always fun to watch you and Josh together in one room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kudos to everyone. It's so much fun. You know, we had Ann Fellman on, we had oh. some other members from their Bloomerang team. And I feel like they're all very, I hope this isn't bad for them, interchangeable, right? It's like, hey, jump on in, have a conversation. They are all so generous, so willing to, to have conversations with anyone any, anywhere they can be of help, anywhere they can be of service, like you can count on them. And yes, you're right. Josh is often in costume and that show in particular. Love that about Josh. He okay. doesn't care. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, okay. Are you going to ask me to tell you another one? Yeah. Come on. Okay. okay. <laughs> Got to keep it even. Um, well, you know, if I, if I could turn around in my bookshelf right now, I would pull out a book that someone you know, Don, wrote. But let's talk hmm. about the fearless book that Steve John oh. wrote, right? And I love this saying. And every time I see a lotus, I think of this book. But the saying is, where there's no mud, there's no lotus. And That's Steve right. really speaks candidly. Now, he, did he create and, and write this book oh, yeah, the of COVID? Like, like, how did all of this take shape? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, well, Steve would call himself an accidental author, but a brilliant author. He's just a fantastic communicator. Yeah. And what happened with COVID, um, he had to make a move. He is the CEO of One Cause. He yeah. can't be paralyzed. He, we could be paralyzed, but he can't, right? He had to make a move. So in his figuring it out, which we were all figuring it out professionally, personally, um, he started just writing updates to us every week and we came to look forward to them and expect them and rely on them. And so I want to be clear though, this is not a book about COVID. It is a book about just being what it takes to be a great leader. And Steve, I think of Steve as a great leader. And one of the things he did was just put himself out there. He was fierce, but he was vulnerable and he had to communicate. And so he did weekly and he authored his own communications to us. Communicate that our communications team in marketing was like, you're doing what? But, um, you know, it was very raw and authentic and it grew. It took on a life of its own that I don't even think he expected. And so, okay, cut to the chase post COVID we're very nostalgic over these these emails. Steve gets a ton of ton of feedback from One Cause Nation. We we put this together in a book for him um, and present it to him, you know, at a company meeting, but a laminated book, you know, something we did at FedEx or Staples or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was just like a little gift. And I think the light bulb went off. Like, wait a minute, is this a story that we want to share? And well, one thing led to another, and he continued his writing journey turned it into fearless leadership lessons at the crossroads. Yeah. And not only is it a gorgeous book, I happen to have the glossy cover, but it came out in a matte finish that would be beautiful on any bookshelf or any coffee table, but it's available now in hardcover, softcover. It's available in an ebook, 
little secret. Another version may be coming out soon. Um, we're at least in 2024. And it is just, it's a story that Steve shares with all of One Cause Nation, but the also with the entire nonprofit community. And it really shows a story of resilience and um, authenticity and what it takes to be a great leader. And he has every right to write that, to author that book, because he really is a great leader. And you had the chance to interview him too. I did. And I was going to say, really, it is timeless principles, right? It is timeless principles that he captured in this book for future leaders. And he really has a knack, such a talent, Steve, you do, you really do. To bring these silver linings, you know, in the face of adversity and how do we overcome them? Because you're right. So many leaders were faced with what do we do? And and you had to take action. So that is I think I have the glossy book, too. Well, yeah, well, we came out with the matte cover and wow, it is. Yeah, Um you know, we we had originally been advised against um, the the mat because I think it it doesn't hold up as nice as the glossy. But shout out to our chief marketing officer Carrie, who always knows, and she's like, "Let's no, let's do mat the next time." I it's saw that, that, yeah, that inventory come in. I'm like, "Oh man, she's yeah. so right. beautiful." Yeah. Well, and what a great gift right now. I mean, as we're recording this and to having this impromptu conversation, I know I'm still looking for gifts, right? And so that's a great pickup. Uh, for anyone on the team. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for saying that. I'll make sure Steve hears that message. All right, now I'm going to give you another one. You ready? Wait, we got a jingle bell. I didn't didn't jingle bell that one. There we go. All right, so I don't know. This might seem like a little drier subject, but accounting in the nonprofit sector. um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, but you know what? Important, right? Like so many things, especially with like, employee revenue credit and making sure that um, you're financially secure. But I didn't know that there was a shortage of accountants in the nonprofit. Like who would have thought of that? But it, it's a it's a it's a thing. So you spoke to fractional CFOs. Um, the CFO at fractional is that, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, or fractional part-time controllers. So part-time controllers. Yeah. Okay. You're amazing. And I think that episode you're talking about, we had, you know, we don't have her on often because she's often the one coordinating who gets on the show, but Gerilyn Dressler, she, Gerilyn Dressler. Okay. If you don't know her, you need to know her. She knocked it out of the park. You're right. It was a little drier conversation, but you know, so we have produced over 900 episodes of the nonprofit show. And I kid you not, Dawn, every single conversation, I walk away with knowledge and information I did not know before. So we both know that nonprofit accounting and finance and bookkeeping is very different than for-profit accounting, finance, and bookkeeping, right? How of us, myself included, you know, when we were little said, I want to be a nonprofit accountant when I grow up. Yeah. No, that wasn't in my top 100. <laughs> I have to be honest. No, of course, it wasn't mine either. And so she came on and talked and there's a couple of things that's happening right now. So your part-time controller, kudos to them. They are on the forefront of this, but they do offer fractional CFOs. So chief financial officers, here's the thing. 
nonprofits, right? We have a little bit of a nuance in our own bookkeeping and finance. So you have to bring in a nonprofit expert, dare I say a nonprofit nerd, although not me, a finance nerd, <laughs> that can help you with your nonprofit bookkeeping because it's it really is a little different. So not only do we not have little Dons and Jarrett's growing up that say, I want to be an accountant. We have had, and I think we've experienced this across, you know, other groups and other roles, an influx of retired professionals. We are seeing that in the finance sector. We are seeing a lot of of expert professionals retiring, leaving a gap in our community and and your part-time controller are lovingly known as YPTC. They're across YPTC, the YPTC, your part-time controller. Bingo. You can do okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> YPTC. Okay. YPTC. New acronym. So yeah, they're amazing. Um, I've seen them in the works here in my local Phoenix, Arizona community. Uh, the hmm. way that they present, the way that they provide support to your team. It is just Fantastic. So we wow. were really glad to get Gerilyn in the in the hot seat because she did talk to us about the gap in the profession and like what to do to be able to fill if your nonprofit is struggling. And I don't know if you see this, Dawn. I know you serve on boards. That treasurer position on the board, it is like really hard to fill. And Intense? So, oh, hard to fill. Okay. It's hard to fill. And so she talked to us a little bit about that as well, about like, you know, the nuances of bringing in someone who understands nonprofit accounting, because it's not just a plug and play. Hmm. So, yeah. so I was right the first time. I want to correct myself. We are talking about this title called fractional CFOs, yes. not a company called fractional. So, right. and, um, <laughs> The, a fractional CFO can also fill the board position. Is that right? No. So that would be different. Yeah. Okay. Sorry if I, if I mix that up, but they was just talking about how we are missing like really yeah. just people in our community and our nonprofit community that understand nonprofit finances. So we're missing them as professionals, but we're also missing them in the board service role. And right. So I got talked, it. Talked, yeah. She talked on both fronts, but your part-time controller, they provide fractional uh, support, you know, into that bookkeeping and financing role. Oh, new topic for me. YPTC. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's important though. I mean, we can't just always talk about, you know, donor acquisition. I mean, we have to talk about all the things the bat, you know, what keeps, what keeps the engine humming. So good good for you that you, that you address that topic on the nonprofit show. You know, and there's, there's a a staff member with YPTC. Her name's Ellie Hume. She was that little girl. She is that little girl that said, I want to be a nonprofit accountant when I grow up. And I keep threatening, maybe we need Steve to help us write a children's book about Ellie Hume becoming a nonprofit accountant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would that would that would def- definitely be an exclusive. But you know, you wonder. I want I wonder what motive I don't even know that I knew what I wanted to be at that age, but okay. Um yeah. you know it's it's good to go into the mindset and see what what made yeah. people tick. So well kudos to all of them. All right, Jared, you got another one for me? Come on, I know I put you on the spot, but we have 115 okay. episodes, maybe not 900, like the nonprofit show, but we we're reputable at 115 episodes. There's a lot. You <laughs> had some amazing people come on. And this person, I'm thinking of his name. His first name is Matt. Please don't Ooh, ask. Oh, I know. Name. You're not going to be able to say his last name. Go ahead. Okay. Try. 
Yeah. Uh, Bitsiago. I know. That's where I went. Bits a guy. Bits a guy. Oh, I know. That's what I said too. When he told me how to pronounce his name, you're talking about Matt Bits a guy from Donor Doc. Yes, that's exactly who I'm talking about. And we all know nonprofits, right? We need this CRM tool, this customer relationship management tool, this software. We we all have so much on our plate, right? An abundance of tasks that we need to manage. But I love his perspective on how he brought this about, Don, like next level donor data management. He talked about the simplicity. I mean, wouldn't we all want to make everything a little bit more simple, So did you love Uh, that conversation with Matt? You know, well, I love him. You know, he's just a great guy. He's somebody that you just want to like, you know, go to a tavern with and put on some sports show and clink some glasses with some, you know, beer in it or whatever you're drinking. A stein, yes. Yeah, a stein, yes, okay. He's just a really great guy. What, What I love, you know, so the Donor Doc solution, admittedly by Donor Doc, it was specifically designed for the smaller nonprofit grassroots, small, right? Which we have a lot. There's a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A ton of it. And while they do tout simplicity, it's not simplicity to the point that it compromises innovation. Mm. That's wife runs a nonprofit. That's the guinea pig for a lot of the development and what they do, what they need. And so, you know, CRMs, there's so many wonderful CRM solutions out there and they do try to be all encompassing and, and, you know, as big as they could be. And, and, and they're wonderful. They are all working on segmentation and personalization and deeper donor relationship that they, they, they've, they've got it, but donor docs got it as well. They just have it with a little bit different workflow that supports the smaller nonprofit. What I love about them is their daily five. Um, I think that's what they call it. So as a nonprofit, I can log into DonorDoc in the morning and boom, five things, which doesn't feel so overwhelming. Five things you need to do today to deepen your relationships with your donors. Boom, boom, boom. You check them off. He's got a lot of Kanban views, which I love when I'm doing any type of project managing and kudos to them for what they did. It's, it's a niche market. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love Matt bits guy. Oh my gosh. Well, saying his name, his last name. So I, I was hoping you would know Matt, right? Like, please help me reference that last name. So yeah, I know it wasn't, it wasn't easy. We did some enablement with our teams. And I think every single team member said, you know, they all came to me at one point, like, how do I say this name? And so I I finally had a phonetics, uh, um, you know, a little phonetic document that and they were like, and then they challenged me like, no, that's not how to say it. I'm like, yeah, no, we're totally trying to put too many vowels and syllables there at the end. Just Matt bits a guy. <laughs> so. Well, here's the thing, right? And and I know we're kind of like you know harping on his name, and it, but he made it simple, simple, just like his secret. <laughs> like, how can we yep. make this simple, right? We're overthinking it, just like we're often overthinking our CRMs. Imagine that five, right? Like just signing in and knowing, okay, this seems manageable. I can do five things today. Yeah. And how do you, how good do you feel before your cup of coffee's you know finished? that you did five things. So, oh, I got to show you just a little segue. Look at my little coffee mugs. Which one am I right now? (laughs) Oh, what does they say? Uh, Nice or naughty? Yeah, I don't know. Here we go. I brought them out just for you. All right, I have another one for you. My good friend, Hot Topic, 
I love the name of the company. Oh my gosh, I'm clapping right into the microphone. I'm so sorry to our audience. But Mr. Sean Olds from Boodle, and he's got this Boodle box that's coming out. And um, he's just the king of AI. And I feel like, well, you know, my my understanding of AI is ChatGPT. Um, but I know there's yeah. Bard and there's all these different, you know, artificial intelligence. And I'm starting to get familiar with them. I was watching the Today Show where you can actually say, help me get, you know, holiday gifts for Jarrett Ransom. She's this, 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 and this. And they'll give me a list. And I then I go shopping. AI is a powerful tool. So I'm thinking it's not, do we use it? Don't we use it? Do we use it? Don't we? It's when are we going to use it? How are we going to use it? And how are we going to use it right to support the work that we do every day? And I love what Sean Old says is that, AI is coming after your job. And, and I think it's supposed to startle everyone a little bit like, ah, but it is just the parts of your job that maybe aren't as efficient, making you as efficient as you can be. So yeah, give those jobs to AI so you can concentrate on where you need to concentrate. How was that conversation for you, Jared? Oh my gosh. It was mind blowing. Well, overall, Don, looking at how technology has really skyrocketed in our sector, right? And it kind of goes back to the conversation we were talking about earlier with Josh Myers, Blimmerang being an AFP icon. I notice in these conferences, technology, like it, we're really becoming so tech forward and I love it. So yes, when, when Sean old says AI is coming for your job, but for the parts of your job that you don't want to do. And it's like, oh, please, can I give you a list of what those are, right? Like really looking at that. You know, he also shares this very endearing story with us. And I had the opportunity to sit down with him also in Nashville because he was at the Rays conference. Of course also, he was. <laughs> yes, of course he was. I had him on the, the show there at the Rays Nation broadcast studio. Um, he talked about how you can really use Boodle in a way to create images. And that's something, Don, that I've not really used before. Oh, did he give you a demo? I've seen that. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. Amazing. And I used it again, right? I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So I would say create an image of a tree, which if you've ever been to the Sonoran Desert, our trees look very different than they do in my hometown of Columbia, South Carolina, right? Very night and day difference. Give me a tree, um, you know, in a native Phoenix, Arizona tree, um, plus, you know, photos of children playing in a playground. And it brings up this beautiful image that I could then put into um, email appeals, direct mail appeals, like just playing in that software tells me because I'm not a designer, I'm not a graphics person. And if I can just give some very like direct keywords, just like, what should I buy Jarrett, the nonprofit nerd for the holidays, right? Like very specific keywords. I was blown away. Sean and his team, they are up to some big work. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I think I think we're going to see it soon. I think he's moved from alpha to beta and beta to GA very soon. And he actually created like a book in front of like with unicorns. And I think he does this with his children for bedtime stories. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so cool. I feel like also with ChatGBT and AI, I feel like I heard them once and I'm like, what's that? What's chat? Like, I thought it was like a new nav system for the cars. Like I like I was. Like first I was like, like what's wait, that? 
And then yeah. I never stopped hearing about it. It was like the craziest thing. It's like I heard it once and then I felt like I heard it a hundred times a day. It's just crazy how AI has just whew, taken right. off. Yeah. Yeah. I got to learn to use it. I tried it once, to be honest, um, to help me write something. I forget. And it took me a long time. It's really in the prompts. It, you know, by the time I was done, I, I think I liked the final product, but um, it took a long time. I could have written, written it. Now I, I like to write, so I could have written it a little bit, maybe faster myself, but I wanted to try it out. And um, I think Sean's right. It's really in the prompts. It's all how you use it. Not if you use it or no, it's you how know. and it's when and it's where. Yeah, I got to learn that a little bit better. So it's fun. OK, I have another one for you. But Ooh, this okay. one, wait, 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 let's jingle bell. Yeah. <laughs> this one might come as a surprise because I was surprised on where you featured three guests in one episode like that was amazing. So you oh, had which one? Emily, Kayla, Tom talking about propelling neurodiverse yeah. excellence. Yeah, the yeah. stories were so heartfelt. Like, what was it like talking to these three amazing people? Oh, my um, gosh. I felt story. so amateur to their professionalism because as we were before we started recording, they come marching in in a line. Um, I think they're from the North Dakota Autism Center. They come they come marching in in a line. They sit down. They had an AV person there. They had a table with the mics, the headphones. I was like. Wow. Talk about this group is professional. They're, they're tiny, but mighty for sure. And, you know, I like where um, autism appreciation and autism acceptance is going. Um, our communities may or may not have noticed that we are moving away from the puzzle piece and the language that we use when we talk about autism. Um if you, I'm not going to share the story here on this, but if you look into the history of the puzzle piece, its origin and how it came to be, it's actually a heartbreaking story. So I think we're really in that DEIB, the inclusion piece is including everybody. It's not limited to the color of your skin or your religion or your ethnicity. It's also about your your invisible disabilities and um, your sensory processing and your auditory processing and maybe your communication style and your behaviors and embracing neurodiversity. And that is the language that we're seeing today and appropriately so. And the North Dakota Autism Center, which it, we're so proud is a customer of One Cause, also a customer of DonorDoc. Um, they are just this small, mighty team getting it right on every level, their programming, their development, how the team works together, their messaging, and they're very progressive about um, the community and self-advocacy and giving voices to the neurodiverse community, even if they don't have a voice, they're just getting it right on all cylinders. And I was so happy to feature their mission on the show. Oh, it's amazing. I love how they provide guidance, right? For, for families that were recently diagnosed, helping, you know, individuals navigate this new journey that can seem, you know, overwhelming. And I have been paying attention, even on LinkedIn, I am seeing professionals, peers talk about their own neurodiverse living and how that shows up in their life and in their professional space. So 
Santa hat off because if you could see me, you'd see I had a Santa hat off to them because yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, it ha- there's definitely been a change. In fact, in 2023, we had three episodes dedicated to neurodiversity. Um, we had a self-advocate, Hallie Moss, on the show, and she is an attorney and a beautiful speaker and advocate for the neurodiverse community. And a shameless plug, I also had an episode called You Me Neurodiversity with my daughter, Alyssa Lego, who is a children's author, and she's writing books about um, different scenarios in an elementary school age level that um, brings to light maybe the the separation between the typically developing and the neurodiverse. And she's trying to bridge that gap and teach the youngest population um, how to be more accepting and understanding and patient. So the whole neurodiverse conversation is one that's long overdue. And we ended up having three episodes uh, this year on the show. I love that. Well, jingle bells to you. Oh, little jingle bells. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, gosh, the, I think November, we're, we're recording this episode early part of December, but um, you may know that November was the National Adoption Month. You know, every month, every mission has a month. Um, yeah. And you had um, someone from the David Thomas Foundation for Adoption on the show. And, you know, they very candid conversation and very open about um, her leadership role. And she is. Yeah. Tell us about Rita. Oh, Rita Sornan. uh, Fantastic. So it's the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, which is supported by Wendy's, the local or, you know, the national. Oh, yeah. With the amazing square hamburgers, which I got to be honest, they're my favorite cheeseburgers. My husband, too. Yeah. Frosties, Um, but separate. Right. But Dave Thomas his big mission was to support individuals, you know, children that didn't have a home. And so his story, I don't want to tell it, you should go back and listen to it. But essentially, you know, Rita talked about how she as the president and CEO of this amazing foundation can bring both awareness to adoption, but continue to tell the Dave Thomas story, his legacy story. She goes so much further into being vulnerable and even makes the statement, which Dawn, I do not hear mm-hmm. from most people, which is, I never want to overstay my welcome. Right. Okay. And like, wow. CEO say that have an awareness, keep succession planning top of mind, you know, really? like she was amazing. I mean, I so feel part like- of her strategy is succession planning. Absolutely. And they talk, I asked her, do you talk about this? Like, during your strategic planning? Do you talk about it every three to five years? And she goes, no, we talk about it like annually. You know, we talk about it often. It's sometimes even more than annual. And so it really just comes up succession planning in general, not only for the president and CEO, but really like how are they moving professionals in throughout, you know, in the, in their foundation, she has just got it right. Like she really understands it. Such a vulnerable share with her, such a really good conversation. We have had the Dave Thomas foundation for adoption 
um, on, this was our third year where we did a dedicated week to bring light to adoption and foster Mm. care. We learned so much. Um, She talks about policy. She talks about, you know, how we can be more inclusive with our nonprofits, with our and our businesses for our hiring practices. The benefits we provide, you know, families should also be extended to adoption and foster based families. And there was just so much awareness that she brought. Yeah, you absolutely have to like. Anyone who's hearing this and, you know, heard Dawn mention what she mentioned, I I think it's worth the listen. 100%. Yeah, I I think even treat well, all of your shows are worth the listen for sure. But um, adoption is another one of those topics that have become a little bit more progressive and giving a voice to. I, I was startled to learn this past month when I did some digging for National Adoption Month that, um, when someone in the foster care system turns 18, like not only is their world ripped out from under them when they're younger, but it, it happens a second time. And mm-hmm. um, I think they li- are living by the principle, nothing with n- n- nothing with nothing for us, without us or something like that. I apologize if I got that um, that statement wrong, but, you know, just giving again, self-advocacy. What do you need? What do you want? There was a lot of legal jurisdiction over adoption and, and, and foster families couldn't adopt when they, and all this stuff. And it, and it was, it was well-intended at one point, but it no longer works for an inclusive society that we're trying to become today. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Jingle bells to Rita. Oh yes. Rita. Wow. And I think I want to dive into the um, Dave Thomas uh, story too. So yes, it's, yeah. it's a great wow. story. Good okay. Stuff. I want to dive into a story that you got to hear. I got to hear, but this was also a milestone episode, episode number 100, Dawn. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. You know, hearing this story really from this guest, Barb, Bollinger. Am I saying that right? Yes. Barb Bollinger. Mm -hmm. Bollinger, how she shared, you know, her story, talk about vulnerable. I mean, she navigated darkness to find her truth, her hope, freedom. What was that conversation like for you? Well, well, thank you for asking, because that was probably one of my hardest raised nation radio interviews. I, um, I try to always do homework beforehand. I always ask the guests, what would you like me to cover? I comb their website. I try to pick up some keywords. Well, you don't, you guys don't need to hear all of my homework assignments, but I don't think I was prepared for the atrocity of human trafficking. I just wasn't to hear it. I just was not prepared for it. So um, the path to freedom is located in Florida where human trafficking is just at horrendous numbers. And just the stories that um, she shared with me on air and off were beyond heartbreaking, like just beyond. Um, yeah. Even now, like I'm, I'm recollecting that conversation and like it was during the episode and it is now there's just, There's just no words, but thank goodness for um, organizations like Path to Freedom that are trying to create a safe haven. They have a beautiful, um, their website screams this message. You are beautiful 
for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's the message that they, you know, bring. I mean, I, I, I can't even, Jared, save me here because it was just, it's just such a horrendous, I mean, it's not a horrible um, tragedy that yeah. occurs in our communities. Terrible. Well, you know, somber, it's a somber conversation. It's a hard conversation. It's heavy. And I think that's a lot of, you know, many of us in the space, we deal often with heavy issues. And this is one of them. But the advocacy work they're doing, the storytelling they're doing, the awareness in human trafficking, because you're right, Don, like not enough people really know how this is impacting so many lives. And there's still so much more to be done, you know, for this cause. So Path to Freedom, if you haven't heard of them, check out their website. It is beautifully done. I did after I listened to that episode, I went in, learned more, you know, again, like I didn't have them on, but I found myself still combing their website. How can yeah. I learn more? How can I know more? So you know, there's story. not a lot of documentation because people are afraid to speak up. Yeah, but annually, 22,326 identify as victims or survivors um, of human trafficking. And that's just the known cases. There's so much more that's not known. And um, human trafficking affects over 40 million lives. Yeah, And, you know, when we opened with some of those statistics, I was just, whew. That was a hard one. But, you know, I think that's what's, you know, I'm going to segue to this, Jarrett. I think that's what's really this promising about new media and podcasts and um, broadcasts that we do have the opportunity to get comfortable about the uncomfortable by bringing these missions forward. Sometimes it's not easy, you know, um, sometimes it's easier, you know, talking about you know, Matt bits a guy and his you know, great CRM uh, yeah. versus human trafficking. You know, one is a little bit easier. One is a lot, lot harder, but we have the opportunity to affect that change by bringing awareness, bringing a spotlight and getting people to be comfortable with, with the uncomfortable. So I want to applaud you and jingle bells to you for 900 episodes and the nonprofit show and for just bringing good conversations to the nonprofit sector. Well, I wish I had some jingle bells. So can you dawn jingle bell again? Because back right back at you, the entire oh. cause team, I love hearing, you know, the conversations you have, the guests that you have on. We could talk about this for hours. I mean, let's let's be truthful, right? Like we're just scratching the surface. There are so many favorites. There are, there are. And, you know, we're working a little bit backwards today um, because we dove right into it. And I, I kind of wanted to, uh, I was excited to share uh, uh, all of, because I, I fangirl over you. And I think I told you that the first time that I met you. Um, but I don't want to be remiss. I think that the whole world knows the nonprofit nerd and Jarrett Ranson from the Ray Van Group. But, you know, we might have caught a couple of people that don't. So can we close the show as we should have opened the show? But just tell us about yourself, what you do, what you do in the nonprofit world and whatever you want to share about yourself personally. 
Thank you, Dawn. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, my name is Jarrett Ransom. I go by she, her pronouns. Uh, I live in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I also spend some time in the Salt Lake City, uh, Utah community. That's because I spend my time there in the summer because it's too hot here in Phoenix. <laughs> but yeah, I call myself the nonprofit nerd because I literally can nerd out over nonprofits. I always say until you're blue in the face because I never become blue in the face. But really, my main jam is fundraising, strategic planning, board development. I do a lot of executive coaching and get to work with some amazing professionals in our space. So, and yes, I serve as a co host on the nonprofit show. If any of you are listening, you're interested in being a guest. Uh, go ahead and reach out to me. Would love to hear from you. Uh, may I drop my web address? Is that is that okay? Please, of course. And you okay. know what? I'm going to write it down as you're talking because can we drop all of this in the show notes too? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll give my email. It's jransom at theravengroup.com. So that's R-A-N-S-O-M at the Raven Group, R-A-Y-V-A-N group.com, but check out the show notes. It's going to be much easier for you. It's kind of like Matt bits a guy, you know, like (laughs) Jay ransom at the Raven group. It's just too hard. (laughs) I'm not going to even go there with the name because we've had a whole conversation about ransom and Raven and and all of that. So I want to call, I want to call you Ray-Ban all the time. The sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, so fun. Well, this was great. I can't thank you enough. I know it's a very busy time of year, but I just can't thank you enough for joining the show and taking this little trip down memory lane. We might have to make this a an annual. Um, can we? Can we please? Yeah. That would be so much fun. So much fun. And I hope to get to see you perhaps today if PICON this year. We're going to Canada. Well, not not we. They are going to Canada, um, and then of course um, the Rays Conference September um, in Nashville again. Back in Nashville, yeehaw! Ooh, yeah, kick it up. Well, fearless fundraisers. That's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Rays Nation topic and your daily dose of inspiration. Please tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at twelve thirty p.m. That's Thursdays, twelve thirty p.m. In the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Rays Nation Radio. And you can follow the channel that your favorite podcast channel, because we do stream on 10 different podcast channels. We're everywhere. We're also on demand at onecause.com. We're live at the Rays Conference. And equally to appearing on the nonprofit show, if you'd like to be on Rays Nation Radio, just reach out to us. Hello at onecause.com. We'd love to feature your mission. Uh, Nonprofit stories are awe-inspiring. And we would love to have you on the show. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use digital fundraising solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com. And please visit the resource tab because we have a broad catalog of free content that hopefully you'll find helpful, along with all of our Raise Nation Radio episodes. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, the nonprofit nerd, Ms. Jarrett Ransom, for sharing just a little trip down memory lane and a little inspiration for the new year. So any new year's resolutions, Jarrett, or any inspiration for our audience for 2024? You know, what I'm going to share is the mantra we end the show with, and it's stay well so you can do well, but we really have to take care of ourselves, and that way we can take care of our community. Yeah. So true. Self-care. Um, so important. And this is the time to do it. Yep. Hustle, bustle, Christmas gifts, end of year giving, holiday planning. I get it. Remember you and take care of yourself. Uh, Jarrett, you take it. Where are you right now? What 
what country I'm in, city I'm in Phoenix. Yeah. You're and in I Phoenix. Would say, Dawn, to you, if we were in person, I would say cheers. So should we do a quick cheers online? I think we should. We're going to have to get this just right. Are you going to use your naughty or your nice cup? I don't know. Which one? Which one am I feeling? I'm feeling nice. I'm feeling okay, nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Happy so holidays, much. everyone. I was, well, I would Bye. sing, but you know what? People would tune out immediately. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,